Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. We're coming to you after a horrendous game of football, which Liverpool triumphed 0-1 away at Turf Moor, because nobody can go there and win, apparently, except like pretty much everyone at the minute can go there and win. So, to discuss that, to discuss Leicester and look ahead to um, the restart of the Champions League, I've got Dave Caron in Brazil, I've got Andy Bell in Liverpool, and Andy... This was like this was this was cliche Burnley, wasn't it? When you rocked up there with the wind and the rain, and it was awful and miserable, and just everything that people say Burnley is, but rarely actually is. It was all of those things, and they've got the new lad up front who is like the most Sean Dice player ever, six foot six, about Veghorst. Even sounds like Dice named him. Um, so it's the most Brexit European name you've ever heard of. Honestly, it? like it's wild. <laughs> it's like how does a fella who's born in Holland be born to play for Sean Dyson Burnley? <laughs> but he was. So you know, um, we show up. It's a it's a rotated midfield. Mane and Salah both start. Um, it is the traditional front three, which I don't think anybody called. Um, but with a nice settled back four and a big, beautiful, fucking amazing goalkeeper at the back. And it's a win in which we scrap and we dig in and we fucking claw our way over the line with a with a scrappy set-piece goal from our defensive midfielder. But as awful as it might have been to watch, to me, that's... That's more like the Liverpool that we haven't seen this season. That's more like the title-winning Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, to put it into perspective, what the weather's like in the northwest right now, I was in a foul mood all morning just because I had to look out the window at how grey it was and how that weird, like, grey, bright vibe around the place, which is just horrible. It's freezing. It's miserable. I went for a run yesterday and didn't break a sweat until seven kilometres in. It was that fucking awful um and i can't imagine it was any better 40 miles or whatever it is up the road it was a perfect game for them um it's one of those games where you know when people um dismissively talk about the fixture calendar release date at the start of the year and say oh you play everyone twice they don't take into consideration that you know i think last season we play burnley on a a may summer evening and beat them three nil that's nice and sunny and everyone's having a good time Whereas today we've played them in the the ideal conditions for them on a Lancashire Hill. It was it was grim. It was grim to watch. It was grim to play in, I'm sure. It was grim to be at. And it was just one of those which we had to get through, which we do in the end. And I wonder, does that play into Klopp's team selection? Because it was pretty much the team that you would have expected to see in the run into that um, 2018-2019 season when we, we lose the league on 97 points and win the Champions League. It was very much that same sort of team. He plays Kieran. It was a very much, yeah, it was a been there, done that team as opposed to throwing a few new lads or a few young lads on, wasn't it? I think it was. And I think it was, I think it was very much his mindset was just to go with the tried and tested. And I saw Klopp and I saw a quote from Klopp on Twitter. I'm not sure what interview it was from, but um, a journalist basically asked him why why was Luis Diaz not playing today? And he said, come on, the lads knew it's Burnley. We know it's special. Uh, We know it's different. So, I mean, if, if Klopp's saying it, then what we can see in front of our eyes is the exact same thing. But no, it was there's not a hell of a lot to talk about other than, I think, the the high line and, and the trust in obviously the VAR process and also the quality one-on-one of Alisson 
is playing heavily into how we're playing at the moment. I think we're deliberately seeding a couple of chances for the benefit that that high line brings us and squeezing the other team high up the pitch. Um, and we're seeing the benefits of that with the the expected goal counts. And as I think we were saying in the pre-pod, it can come across as if we're getting lucky time and time again with you know players running in behind, missing the chances, and then the flag going up, whereas previously the flag was up straight away. And you don't have that moment of panic. You don't have that moment of we've got away well there. Um, but in reality, it's been offside the whole time. There's a couple of chances they get, but it's nothing massive. Um, and we have a couple of chances ourselves. You know, I think the, the front three are pretty, um, pretty wasteful in how they play. Salah has an, an easy opportunity sliding Jota, and um, Mane is an easy opportunity sliding Salah at one point. Um, and we made life difficult for ourselves. But you know, we've gone there. We've got the win. Scrappy goal from a defensive midfielder. We can tell ourselves a story from that. We can look back on it, even if it's not an entirely true one. And um, that we've gone there, we've scrapped it out. We've out Burnley, Burnley. Um, and to be honest, as long as we keep picking up these points, I don't really care how we're getting them. Yeah, it's true, Dave. It was miserable. Um, I don't think anybody had a more miserable day than Jordan Henderson. Um, but the looks of things, well, certainly on our side of the on our side of the pitch, but. There were some good performances in there as well. Kaida comes in, plays really well. It's not really a game that I think that he would be suited to. Um, but he scraps and he's, he's winning balls all over the pitch and he's setting play off and everything seems to go through him. And when you've got something you're there beside, beside, him, beside anybody, it, it really does help. But what it said to me was... I looked at the bench and I was like, Jesus Christ, the night... I have never seen anything like that before in my Liverpool watching life, a bench that strong. When you're talking Joe Gomez, Curtis Jones, Minamino and Origi aren't even in the match day squad. Sorry, Dave, uh, like uh, in regards to the bench, I wouldn't get too used to seeing it. You'd probably find half those players fucking sold in the summer. Um, but I hear what you're saying. Like it is for this season, we, we do have all this depth all of a sudden. And and all over the pitch, uh, it may be added as well. Um, you, you mentioned Naby Keita. I'm lucky not to score for me. I think he did really well today. Um, you know, you're talking about good performances. I, they're they're okay. You know, there was not honestly, Dave. I didn't see anything to write home about in this game. I, you know, as Andy said, it's three points whatever way we get it, and thank God we got them. And look. You, you don't win leagues or challenge for leagues by being absolutely magnificent every every week. You have to dig down. And another point was made there about Allison and and just how bloody good he is on one on ones and how much he's see. You know, look, an awful lot used to be put, a lot a lot of stock used to be put into the Peter Schmeichel and during the United's pomp and how many points he was worth to 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 to, to United during the season with exceptional saves and a wonderful goalkeeper. We have that now, and and I'll say it. You know, you've got players, you know, mostly offside, we know, that are one-on-one with this guy, and very, very few get past him. You know, he is... He's the best he's, one-on-one keeper I've ever seen. Andy, it's the pace off the line. He, he's, You know, he's reading the game um, like an outfield player. He is moving. You know, he... he, he he, he's the ultimate sweeper keeper at the minute because of that high line. You know, he has a responsibility he to, to stay alert, to stay tuned in, where maybe goalkeepers in, in the 70s and 80s he would lean against the post, you know, to the other side of the pitch. This guy's following the game. He's, he's, he's on top of everything. And, and it's just, he has a turn of pace um, from zero, which which gets him into position very, very quickly. He He's enormous. 
Um, he makes himself look even bigger. Um, he's really good with his angles. Um, you know, he, he he's obviously thinking that through. Great goalkeeper. And, and you know, just how many points will Allison be worth to us this season? Um, you know, he's in man-on-the-match performances in, in recent games and so on. And, and like, oh, there's like four tournaments here. You know what I mean? We're, 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 we're winning something this season, you know? Um, and, and I think that maybe, you know, Andy, you painted a very bleak fucking... <laughs> it's grim up north picture there. <laughs> I, I, I'm Leveling up, Dave. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting at 38 degrees sunshine going, fuck, that seems cold. You might want to go back there. Don't ever send me back there. Um, but... But basically, uh, you know, I, I agree with every, what everybody said. But it's just at this moment in time, we're just struggling through. We're getting the, the three points are coming. You know, I know we want to talk a little bit about Leicester as well, Dave, which was a slightly better performance, but not. It's not. It's not the Liverpool, the swashbuckling um, Liverpool of old that we we're used to of a couple of seasons ago. But we're getting the we're getting the business done. And this period of the season, you know, look, Andy, Andy highlighted the weather. It's not nice playing in that shit. And, you know, especially whenever you're a, a, a team that, that, that relies on those big cross balls and you're playing on a win, you know, from, from fullback to fullback, it's going it's, it's to hold you back a wee bit. And probably that came into play in relation to that game. But but honestly, Dave, as far as I'm concerned, three points in the bank, you know, it's still a long shot for us. But, you know, as the pundits are talking about, we'll keep City honest. And let, let's hope that we do. Yeah, we, we are keeping them honest. And... and I don't love the game in hand and games in hand, I suppose, scenario, Andy. But the bottom line is, is we are kind of still within striking distance. We kind of have it within our gift to go and read them into three points. And the Leicester game, it was another... The Leicester game to me felt like another little step in this kind of slow... It's a kind of slow and gradual momentum that we're starting to build with a number of different things. And part of that is, is the new signing, which gives everyone a lift. And it's all been said, you know, and it's the most obvious thing to say, but he walked out onto that pitch and it was like, he'd been playing for us for five years. So in sync with Robertson, doing all the right things, making all the right runs, pressing in all the right areas, giving all the right energy and endeavor. And, you know, we'll always come back to it. It's just another very, very obvious example of how clinical and surgical our recruitment team are. This is a player that could potentially kick us up another level in an attacking sense. Yeah, these days you've got the, the stats on absolutely every intricate part of the game, pressing, how he's going to fit into the system, all these things that they value so much and, and Pep Linders and, and Jurgen Klopp have cultivated over the last what five and a half years have been in charge. He, he came in and he, he just was really sensible, I thought. I thought his use of the ball was was smart. It can be tempting as a, a wide player coming in on big money to kind of do things a little bit differently than what your natural game would be to try and get the fans up, to try and create to a good impression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And his, pass, and his pass percentage percentage rate, I think he was on the... Did he do 60? Um, I can't remember. I've had a few points. I think he did 60 um, or around about that. But his pass percentage completion was 92%. Like that's, yeah. that's unheard of for a forward player. 
it's it's amazing and it's not as if he wasn't trying to do the things i've just mentioned there it wasn't as if he wasn't impressing in, in certain aspects there's you know there's times I, I it strikes me how big he was i mean we were all told that this is a guy who you know grew up in in, in a poor region in colombia and uh, he was nicknamed the noodle because of how thin he was i mean how fucking bigger than noodles in colombia because he looks to me as if like physically he's just ready to come into the premier league and make that impact and as I say, he was doing things sensibly. He was playing the simple pass, the way we've seen Salah do, the way we've seen Manny do when there isn't anything on. I just thought it was very intelligent and yeah. um, smart display from him. And then in the second it's half... It's mature, once, isn't it? It's, it's really mature. And, and in the second half, once we, we got a little bit more space, once Leicester made a few subs and, and went for it a little bit more, when they had nothing to lose, then we did see the sort of stuff we've seen on YouTube, the stuff we've seen you know, on Transfer Market, the, 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 the 50 million signing that we've got. He has a cracker shot. Um, at one point, it's just a little bit too close to Casper to Schmeichel, but he catches it fucking beautifully. Um, and and yeah, it, it was a really encouraging debut. And to me, I mean, I know there's financial um, implications of it that I'll never care about really unless I'm ever in the position. Uh, but I can't see why we were going to wait through the summer to do this anyway, why it, it took Spurs' interest to force us into this. Because to me, I'm looking at it now and we've got five really, really top drawer options there. Uh, even Minamino's come in recent weeks and done well. Origi, we know he's got that mercurial and um, weird ability to just be in the right place at the right time. And you look at it now, and Dave mentions Man City. With so many catalysts going into this part of the season, you've got Elliot coming back, Diaz coming back, or Diaz coming in, sorry, Thiago coming back. I thought he was great when he came on today. I thought he was great against Leicester. We'll probably not have time to talk about that. Um, and you've the African lads coming back as well. And you know, you looked at it a month ago and you thought, how on earth could we be six points better than Man City? Andy, it could be, you know, that new signing, that new signing coming in, Jan, it's not normal for us. I know how we do our business and it's not traditional that we do that. But this season in particular, you know, we're going on four fronts. There never has it been a better time for us to recruit in, in January than this January. And we look like we've got a good one. Massively, yeah, and and that's what that's what I'm sort of saying is you know why why weren't we trying to get him in in January anyway? But I'm sure there there is a financial explanation for it. But I mean, goodness me, he looks he looks really really good. And as as I was saying, you know, a month ago, it was hard to see how we could be eight points better than that Man City side over the course of a season. It's now six points as we know, um, and obviously these things aren't linear because you know City could lose, we could win, and all of a sudden it's three points. It's not as if you have to gradually. Um, claw that back and you, you know do half of it in one week if, if they have a bad week and we have a good one but it was hard to see without a catalyst and um, it turns out we've got about five of them uh, plus a cup final to look forward to plus a nice draw should be in the quarterfinals of another cup to look forward to um, you know Champions League to look forward to coming back loads of games are coming up but I think it, is it the next five midweeks we're in action before we're going to break again you know, that'll be heavy. That'll mean we'll have to rotate. That'll mean that not every game's going to be beautiful football. Do you, do you think that was factored in in the, in the decision, Andy? To, to play the team he does today? Or to, to make no, 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 the signing in, in regards to, you know, we, we have we have four competitions now. And, you know, are that, are, is it, quite obviously we want to win everything that we're in. We do want to, and quite rightly, we want to win everything we're in. But was this a, a decision that was made, hang on, in order to do this, we need... And I, you know, I, 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 something different. We need we need to recruit. Yeah, quite possibly. And there could be implications on you know the bodies of Salamani and Firmino. We know they're all in their thirties now. Obviously, they're still like amazing athletes. But 
especially with those lads going to the African Cup of Nations, doing the minutes they do there. Salah's playing three extra times. You know, Firmino physically doesn't look quite the same player, although I still love him. Um, but it's not as if it's 18-19 or 19-20 where you can play them every single game and they'll be on it every single game and we'll win all these trophies. I think they do need the Jota picking three from four, the Diaz picking three from five now. And, you know, if we can if we can get over the line in the Carabao Cup, that could give us another catalyst. Get into the semi-finals of the FA Cup, get in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. All of a sudden you are looking, and I'm sure we'll not win them all, but, you know, the, the momentum that could give us kind of like it does in the Julia. Why not? Plus, uh, Why plus not? you're going for the league. Why not win them? So here is a question. Here is a question, Dave. And I suppose to your why not, and I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate. This is this is uncharted territory for this squad, for this manager. Um, we very rarely progress in the cup in the domestic cup competitions. We we the last time we played two we played two consecutive Premier League games for the first time since the second of January. And there is every chance that we don't play two consecutive Premier League games again until the 9th of April. So it's fighting on all fronts and we do need the squad to be available. But this is there is going to be a lot. There's going to have to be a lot of squad rotation and a lot of really sensible decisions and a lot of luck probably needed. Um in order to try and continue on this trajectory because there literally is no letting up and it's different types of games against different sorts of opposition, different sorts of environments, knockout competitions, one-off finals, two-legged affairs, league league campaign. You know, this is, this is a heavy burden for this squad and this manager to carry now heavier than ever before. Dave, I don't think that plays into it that much. You know, if you take the experience that's in this squad now, you, you know what I mean? They've all they've all won something. And they've all the majority of them have won it together. And and that was something that we were lacking, you know, um prior to us winning the Champions League. And you know, we were we, those players were light on trophies, light on wins, light on success. They're not anymore. Uh, and what's more, they're 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 in that environment that, that they've created, um, that that, that Klopp and, and, and that team have created. You know that they're winners. You know, what I mean, the, the only thing that goes through their head is winning, and and we haven't been in that kind of position, Dave, since the eighties. You know what I mean? We haven't had we haven't had a team mentality like that since the eighties, and I think it stands us in good stead. But 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 there's somebody there's someone I want to talk about, Dave, and that's Fabinho, who I think wasn't fantastic in in the early part of the season, but over the last few weeks. And, and, and I kind of think that, that Fabinho's, half of Fabinho's problem is, especially early season, um, you know, he, he plays a couple of games, sent to Brazil, back again, plays a couple of games, sent to Brazil again. You know, you know how these international breaks in the early part of the season, and I think that's to his detriment. And it's really only now, sort of after Christmas, that we see the Fabinho that we know, because he was... Do you think poor. he was good today, Dave? I thought he was excellent. I thought he's been very, very good. I, thought I think he's been, been brilliant well, recently, but I didn't think he was great today. Uh, well, I don't think anybody was great today, but he was no. one, of, one of the better uh, of the dates. Uh, against Leicester, he was a colossus, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, games prior to that as well. And I'm just wondering, is, is it a thing with Fabinho? You know, we know he's, he gets an odd niggly injury here and there as well. But there's all that travel. And, and you know, there's, for some players, that wouldn't be a problem. And I, I've got a feeling that maybe 
all the travel for him, it, it, you know, is it worth it for him? Because he barely gets a fucking game for Brazil either. You know, you know what I mean. It's not as if he's going there fueled up. He's going to you know get a start and whatnot. It's not about that. I know the love being around that thing, but the fact that you're taking him away, you're 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 leaving him two weeks without giving him a start, and that interrupts his rhythm. And I think he's very much a player that relies on playing week in, week out. And when he gets that, um, you see, you know, it, it raises his game. You get a different player. Um, you, you know, if we are to do the, the four, if we are to be successful and so on, and, and quite honestly, isn't that a risk, Dave? Isn't that a risk you've just called out, though? That I think a lot of our players like that. In fact, I think our team overall is like that, where they thrive on playing lots of consecutive games in a row. Yeah, but, but, but there's yeah, that. You know, Dave, you're talking about a 10-hour flight every fucking time. It doesn't matter whether you're in a private jet or whatever. It's 10 hours there, 10 hours back. It's not like going to Croatia or going to France or going to, to Holland for Van Dijk. No, you know, no, what I mean? that's, no, no, that's not my point. My point is that there is going to have to be heavy rotation and players are going to have to sit out more often than they have before, particularly with the options that we have in the squad. So there is potential that the players aren't going to be... But, the, but the, uh, you know as it starts to get sharp, once we get the sharp end, it's only players he trusts. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we can yeah, have all this. If we're, in, if, if, we're, if we're still in the Champions League, we're still in the FA Cup come April, we're still, we're still going for the league title. We've, we've just played a, a League Cup final. He can't go to the players that he trusts twice a week, every week for the next. No, you can't. You, you, you've got the supplement, but we have. Touch wood that uh, we remain this way, but we're in pretty good shape health wise at the moment. And if we can keep it. To, to moderation, the, the, the players that, 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 you know, get injured. Dave, like, quite honestly, I don't see why we can't win a treble. You know what? The league looks the difficult one. You know what I mean? But the way that we're playing at the minute, f- f- in a cup environment, and even the home and away is even better for us. Like, like really and truly, we've, we've, we've done well in the FA Cup. We've got another, it's not an easy draw, but you, it's, it's a Premier League team. But it's, it's a game we should be winning. We should be progressing. Inter Milan, we're going to talk about, obviously. It's a game we should be progressing from, regardless of how good they are. Um, you, you know, Champions League's different. You're going to come across real top teams. But even at that, we raise our game for that. Like I, I, you know, I, I, wish, I, I wish we were three points behind City, because then I'd be going, we can win all four. Um, and, and we're not playing exceptionally well, but I think that that's going to change as well. Um, you know, as this month disappears and we move into March and things, that, that, that terrible winter that Andy just described as winter's coming, you know, it, it, it abates a, a little bit and, and, you know, the pitches are better and we start playing our football. And traditionally, we always peak at the right time. We always start to really peak around that time. I, I think the signs are really, really good. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I like to wind you up. Um, Andy, you know, as I say, there is, I think Dave's right, there's, there's something here, and I don't know what it is, it could be, a, it, usually it's not one single influence that has this sort of um, effect on a, a season or a side, but we went through that little patch um, between Christmas and New Year, I think we lost to Leicester, we drew at Spurs, we drew with Chelsea, we had that mad League Cup game against Leicester, it was 3 all, and you know, essentially, we, we lose one and draw three and concede eight goals in four matches. And it's a horrible little run that we end up going on. And then they, and then Salah and Manny fuck off and everything's grand again. Uh, <laughs> and we are now, we're seven wins from our last eight. 
we've only conceded three goals, and the one draw in there was the, the home leg against Arsenal in the League Cup semi-final. So I know there's been a few lower league sides in there that we've played, but I think this this side has become a, a little bit more sensible. I think I saw it against Leicester, certainly saw it against Leicester, and today was what it was, but we're just being a little bit, I don't know, maybe are, are we are we being a little less cavalier and a little bit more sensible within games? Um quite possibly. I think the opposition, you mentioned the opposition obviously in this run has been easier. A lot of lower league sides in there. It's also it was a very tough run in that game, and those games that you described as well, like Spurs played very well against us, and I think in general they're quite suited to to playing against the Klopp system. I think we're gonna. I mean that that game actually quite worries me when we play them at home, but I know it's quite a while away. Chelsea is Chelsea. It's always gonna be a mad game, and then for that Leicester League Cup game, I mean it was it was Billy Comedio at centre half and Conor Bradley at right back. You know it was. I don't think you can really place any emphasis on that, but you are right. We're looking a lot better defensively in recent weeks. And I think as much as Kanate has shown signs of, of being really good and has all the physical attributes and has the football and ability as well, he is just very raw at this moment in time. Whereas Joel Matip, I think it's about time we actually had started having the conversation about him being a world-class centre-half. Albeit he didn't actually have his best game today, as Dave says, nobody did. But goodness me, the level of performances that guy's been putting in for us pretty much ever since he came into the side um, when we got to the final in, uh, sorry, when we won the Champions League in Madrid, you know, we go to the new Camp, lose 3-0 and he's our best player. Ever since then, I, I think he's barely had a bad game for us and he is world class. He's not at the level of Van Dijk, but I think he's, I think you said, you've said it before, Dave, he's a centre half, everyone thinks, uh, Van Dijk's a centre half, everyone thinks they want um, I can't remember what you said. Basically, you say, uh, he's underrated. I so. said Matip is the centre half everybody wants, but don't know that it's him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, he's definitely in the top, certainly in the top five centre halves in the league, possibly in the top three as well. I, I can't even go through them all right now and think about them, but yeah, it's it's looking better. Um, you know, in certain games, I think. It's not the same team as it was in 1819-1920 where it was all conquering and so much control. Um, you can't give away stupid goals away from home especially um, because sometimes your front three aren't going to fire or the ball's going to hit the post or the keeper's going to make a save and you're not going to get the two or three goals that you need to, to win games. And over Christmas it became we were needing three and four goals to win matches and it's not sustainable. You won't win leagues doing that. Man City don't have to do that. Um, obviously they, they defend a very different way that's almost defend in possession uh, of the ball rather than, than out of it and, and that's unique in its own way but we need to find a way of bridging that ourselves and it looks like while Sal and Mane have been away we've stumbled across something in the attack that works without them um, and maybe even though the personnel will be back and we've got all the, the front four players and um, we may have learned quite a bit from that I was surprised Jordan and Firmino didn't play t- together today um, I know it was because Jota got an injury, but I thought they linked up really well um, when the African lads were away. Um, and it's the same in defence. You know, we've had to we've had to dig deep, we've had to pull in. We know we haven't had the same quality in attacks, so we've had to to tighten things up. And as you say, that's what we've done. You can't argue with the stats. Um, and I suppose when it comes to the tougher games, the Uniteds and the Cities and and whatever it is, we'll see if it is a, a genuine, tangible difference in how we're playing or whether it was just the opposition. Yeah, I think 
Dave, you talked about Fabinho there. And Andy's talking about the stats. Um, so I'm going to talk about Thiago. For me, this guy is key to everything. It, it's rare that we have had, we, we've talked about players that are important to the side. Like for me, it's Trent is probably irreplaceable. Um, people will say Van Dijk, people will say the keeper, people will say Fabinho, people will say Salah. You know, the numbers bear it out. We basically rarely even concede a goal when Thiago plays. And when Thiago and Fabinho play, I think we've won like 467 games and drawn one. So this is the lad above everyone else. I think that we have to keep fit because he gives you so much control. The stuff, the, all of the things that we just talked about and maybe all of the reasons why the results are the way they are with him in the side and the goals conceded column is the way it is when he's in the side. That he just gives you something that no one else can. It's, it's a level of, it's almost a level of arrogant authority on the pitch. Well, there's definitely arrogance about him, Dave, uh, and, and, and I love that about him. Like he, he knows he's a top operator, but you know, you say we've got to keep this lad fit. Hi. Um, apparently, you know, his his record at, at, in Germany wasn't wasn't fantastic for injury either. Um, it, it, I don't know. It, 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 look, I, I, I share your thoughts on him. Wonderful player. And, and, you know, the stats speak for themselves. When he's on the pitch, he makes a difference. He is he is world class. And, and, and he's a rarity. And as much as we don't sign world class very often, when they are world class, we make them world class. <laughs> but the, the conundrum here, Dave, is, and I agree with everything that you're saying, and it's really hard for me to expand on it because I keep going back to the point, how do you keep a guy who's... <laughs> perpetually fucking with niggly injuries since he came, unless he manages game time. And I think Klopp has tried to do that even, um, you know, in the time that he's been at Liverpool, is to manage his minutes. And he's just been unfortunate um, in some in some aspects. But it's it's how you, those little muscular injuries, you know, oh, he's out today and then you don't see him again for three months uh, when he hasn't been playing. That, that That's the worry. And there's no doubt about it. You know, I'm sitting here shouting at you, you know, about winning four trophies and whatnot. He is key to all of that. And, and that midfield too, his partnership with, with Fabinho is is the key to the whole thing. Um, but I'm not so sure, I'm not so sure anybody can even think about managing his time or whatever. Because, you know, if you take his time here, Dave, has there been any a bar? He got injured in the, he got injured in the Chelsea game. I think he got injured in the Everton game as well. But uh, he's had about five six injuries. The other four have been when he's not been playing. So that that to me is that's the sticking point. It's, it's how you how you resolve that. You know what happens on the pitch? Anybody can get injured, but it, it seems to be he 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 can find himself injured from training. Yeah. I get that, and and this is where the rotation is going to have to is going to have to be really really effective. Um, just on just on the squad again, Andy, and on Dave's point there, um, it's hard to it's hard to look at that squad now and say that there's a weakness in it. Would you agree? Some some might say we could do with someone at right back to cover for Trent, but like literally, that's like saying. Let's get someone to cover for Messi because there's no one really that does what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. 
I, I think so, yeah. Um, and so that, is this is this the next? Is this the, is this the next? Is it a player that we haven't really signed before? Before Thiago, a player that just does give you absolute control, an absolute technician in the middle of the park, a registrar, if you like, you know, um, a, like a Chavi sort of player. Is this the sort of thing that we're going to have to start to look at potentially for? That 24, 25-year-old does that job and is ready to make it to the next level. In terms of like the next signing we would make to bring this yeah, team to the next level? A, a long-term replacement for what Thiago gives us because of the difference that we've seen he makes. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Thiago's, what age is he? He's early 30s, 31, 32? Is, am I right in saying? I think he's, if, if even that actually, maybe... 30, yeah. I think. 30, yeah, I think. something like that. And he's obviously, like, goes without saying, he's not a player that, that relies on pace or, um, you know, it's not only pace that goes as, as age um, takes its toll. But, you know, for all we know, he could be a player that plays for us for the next five years at this level. There's no reason why not. So I'm not sure we necessarily need to think about um, bringing somebody through at this point or signing somebody at this point who's necessarily going to replace Thiago. Whether or not they have the um, stats and the details on and can accurately predict when a player is gonna when when the player's legs are gonna fall off or when his performances are gonna drop off, I'm not sure. To be honest, I don't understand the analytics quite so well. But it was interesting that they kind of had the the inside story that were that were gonna uh, or thinking of moving Henderson on this summer. And I think we have seen a little bit of drop off in Hen- certainly Henderson's performances recently. Some people have suggested that that. Uh, vindicated FSG stance in the summer. I still disagree with that. And there are people, to be honest, who even if Henderson has a great six months, they're just waiting for him to have two bad games so they can um, slag him off, so they can pretend that they were right 10 years ago when they got it embarrassingly wrong. That's just my thoughts on it. But um, yeah, it, it, I mean, the midfield just, just looks like we've got that total control. And I think when we went from that mad team on the way to Kiev where we conceded loads of goals and were inherently fallible and only qualified for the Champions League in the last day to the team over the next two seasons and especially the season we win the league with just so much control over football matches and teams came to Anfield and took a 2 or a 3-0 so they weren't embarrassed by the absolute juggernaut that Liverpool had become and we pressed so well in those years that Teams had to hoof the ball up and had to look up and it was Van Dijk and Matheim and it was straight back at them and we just an irrepressible level of control and Thiago I think was brought in um, to do that and last season you know with the the lack of supporters obviously that impacts how you can press and as an energetic team and culture that the clubs cultivated in Liverpool that that played a massive part to the centre half injuries and having to put midfielders there and having to put Nat Phillips there and push things back 15 yards etc we were never really going to see the best of him. And it was towards the end of that season when we got the run um, and into this season as well that, that we've, we've just seen what an incredible footballer he is. I love the little turn he does with the outside of the boot. He's great to watch. Um, and if we can keep him fit, as Dave says, then is one of those players who I could see, you know, whether this year or in the coming years, He's at the level where he could be PFA Player of the Year. There's no doubt about it. He's amazing. Yeah, so Dave, on to, on to the Champions League. Um, it's Inter Milan. They, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're 
it's it's a glamour tie. They're, they're not obviously you know they're not they're not the Inter Milan of when Inter Milan were occasionally good because let's be honest, Inter Milan are only ever occasionally good because they're an absolute. You, you, mean, you mean you mean Jurgen Jurgen Klinsmann isn't starting now? <laughs> like they, 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 they like they are a basket case club, um, and they always have been. Um, but you know they're steady. They're probably the best team in Italy still, even though. Well, you were you've been bigging them up rightly over the last couple of months. Yeah, you know they're probably the best team in Italy. Um, they're a point off the top of the game in hand. Their form has stuttered recently, but they're doing all that despite losing um, Hakimi and, and Lukaku in the summer. They're probably their two best players, and they will be without Barella. For, for these two games, I think, um, as he served in suspension. But as glamorous as this is, it's it's Simone and Zaghi at, at the helm, who has done a decent job with Lazio and is doing a decent job this season. But this this shouldn't be this shouldn't be complicated for us, should it? Uh, well, it shouldn't, Dave, but it's the Champions League and it will be. So get that notion out of your head. Um, uh, you know, knockout phases of the Champions League comes with its own pressures. Um, do, do you think we can cope with it? Of course we can. It's absolutely, absolutely no problem to us. But I wouldn't go into it with that casual an attitude. Oh, it'll just blow them away. Um, we don't, you know, we're in a new scenario as well, Dave, with this away goals nonsense. Not, exa- you know, they've the, the changed the rules. We don't know what that looks like really yet. We, we, we haven't got much of a sample size of it yet, uh, and how that will change, you know, the outcome of these ties. Because certainly that's something I'll be looking at, and and you know how. how how it affects this year's Champions League because I think it, well, it, what it is is it's a massive it's a massive advantage to the team that plays home second because if there's any extra time they get the, yeah. they get the 30 well, minutes of well, well, well it was always the case Dave being at home a second time round was you, you knew what you had to do was was the old saying that you say oh well you know what you need to do if you, yeah you, you know but, but ultimately look I would dare say if you're you're a Milan fan you're shitting yourself I don't think I'd be. I don't. I don't think there's too many of them there, or or an Inter fan. So I know. Well, um, you, you know what I mean. I, I doubt there's too many of them running around shouting that they're going to go through, uh, based on our form at the minute. Um, and I don't think they would think they were going through. But there's a game to be won. Um, I, I expect us over the two legs to, to to be the better team. I don't think it's going to be a hiding. I don't think it's going to be like Porto. Uh, you know, when we're going just bang them for five, no problem. And then bring them back to Anfield, put your second team out in one nil. You know, it's not going to be that. I think I think there'll be a, a a fair amount of respect given to them, and rightly so. Um, and yeah, Dave, look, out of all the competitions that we're in, this is the one for me. This is this is the one I want to win. Um, you know, in the absence of the league, obviously, and, and you know, we, we've we've discussed the league, and we're, we're clawing back, we're playing catch up. There's no such no such issues in the Champions League. We're all on a level playing field, and we're rather good at it. And and City aren't very good at it. Who who are probably the, the, the you know the best team in the competition at the moment, and they're not good at it. So that leaves also the door wide open. Um, and and this momentum we've been talking about it, Dave. You know, we've talked about the two games. You know, it's after Christmas now. Christmas period's over. We're into February. We're starting to move. We're starting. This is the tail end of the season. This is where we peak. This is where we start moving. This is where we start playing good football. This is where we click as a team. This is where where things change. And and, and really, I I can't wait for Wednesday. Quite honestly, I you know I, I'm I'm very sort of dismissive at the minute about the league. I, I struggle to watch it, but I cannot wait for Wednesday. Um, you, you know, the European football, us back 
full full house at Anfield, knockout foot. Well, well, obviously not this week, but you know what I mean for the, for, for for the home legs. It, it's something I missed during that COVID time because to, to me, like Anfield, it's always my favourite time to go there. Is is you know Tuesday and Wednesday night under the lights and uh, in Europe. There's just nothing to beat it. And you know to have that back. I, I honestly, Dave, you talk about getting past Milan. I, I have us down winning a lot. I don't see anybody touching us in this competition. Bold words, Dave. Bold words, um, Andy. No, but I really feel I really feel that, Dave, because of I think we're being disappointing. I think I think those players will be disappointed in themselves that they find themselves six points behind City. If you look at the silly points that we dropped, this is their redemption. It could be. It could be as it was in, I don't know, 1920, I think. I can't remember. The years are all weird to me now from the whole COVID thing. And they, this I wasn't around 1920. Uh, but, yeah, very good. But for my t- <laughs> very good. Um, <laughs> Andy, it's, this, this is a decent inner side. They've got some good players. You know, Lutar Martinez is a handful up front. Um Got a couple of decent centre halves. De Vries is good. Um, Scrini R has been linked with us recently. The keeper is probably one of the best in Europe, actually. And you know, as I said, Burrell is there, but but um, he's not going to be available. But they're an aging side with Jekos and Vidal's and Sanchez's and Kolarov's and Brozovic's and Perisic's and boys like this and. You know, if anything, for me, this quality aside, I think our energy is going to be the key to overpowering this team. And for me personally, I think this is something that we could get done in the first leg. This could be like a Porto, because this isn't going to be anything that this Inter Milan team have come up against before. Yeah, there's that. You do have the sort of um, sincere element of it as well. You know, could they? How much of a, a sort of cauldron is that going to be for them? I've said before. I think you. I think you've said it as well. Nil nil is a very underrated scoreline for a an away t- away team first in Europe. And I think with the um, removal of the away goals rule, I think it's an even more underrated one now. So I could see us going there and and, and kind of being a little bit more conservative and then just fully backing ourselves at Anfield because, you know, two years ago, if you go to Inter Milan, draw nil nil, it's almost you're more nervous coming back to Anfield and you don't want to go for it as much because you know if they get one, then you need two and it can get away from you in that way, you know, based on a moment of magic, a mistake, a set piece or something like that. But now I think, you know, if we go there and get a nil-nil, I think, you know, we'll just back ourselves every single day of the week because they actually have to win at Anfield as if it's a league game. Um, And I just can't see that happening in any way, shape or form. Uh, Apologies, I didn't. Um, when you started your question to Dave, I was away at the toilet, so I didn't quite hear it. But um, so apologies if if I'm repeating anything you've said. But Mm-mm. it seems to me having a look over the last um, having a look over the last couple of results in Serie A, and to be honest, I've not watched Inter this season. Not watched the Serie A game this season. Their form's got patchy. I think it's three wins in their last six, and they're conceding goals. So they had the chance, um, obviously, to do further ahead of AC Milan the other week, and they lost that at home to not a great AC Milan team, certainly based on what we saw over those two games. Um, you know, if we were playing AC Milan in a in a two-legged playoff, I'd back us every day of the week. You know, every day of the week, I'd be a lot more confident with it. Um, and then they they have the chance don't they, to go further ahead of Napoli and to draw that at home at the weekend there. Um, and it yeah. seems generally that it's it's just quite a quite a weak league at the moment. Um, 
in terms of I think it's it's a little bit like the Spanish league in terms of the, the winners of it, you know, won't be that good. They'll have won it because the opposition isn't isn't quite as strong. And yeah, obviously think, Juventus carried that Juventus, league for a while. Yeah, Juventus, you're absolutely right. Juventus dropping off has kind of exposed the league for the standard that's there. And if you think about it, set Juventus aside, what damage have Italian teams done in the Champions League for probably the last 10 years, maybe. Atalanta had a little flurry there for a while, but, you know... Yeah, there's Roma, but they were never really good enough to be to be semi-finalists, were they? And, you know, you mentioned a couple of players in their team there. Obviously, Skriniar is kind of your meat and drink centre half. Good player. Um, playing in the back three as well, I think, which makes yeah. central defenders look better. Um, Dumfries, haven't watched him at the Euro, seems very much like a system That's player. Right. But he is in a he is very much in a system there, so he can possibly thrive. I'm not sure how he's been doing this season. Perisic, you know, we've we've seen for the last ten years is a is a beautiful footballer to watch, beautiful technical player. So is Jekko, but you would say they're two players, you know, that's two of their front three or two of their their forward players who don't really have a lot of pace, great technical footballers, but if you keep them fifty yards away from their own goal, which Liverpool are almost masters at doing with teams this season. Even today, and, we're and if we well. starve them of, and if we starve them of time on the ball to get up and pick that pass, then you know that that's where I think we we that's where I think we absolutely dominate this side. Yeah, and I, I, I've, I haven't really watched that much of Martinez, but I think he, he he does come across to me as quite a good player, and I think he's got a bit of pace in behind too. But if it's only one of them, you know, similar to what we were playing against today against Weghorst and. You know, okay, there's a couple of tricky wingers, but it was Weghorst and Rodriguez up front. And ultimately, you know, that high line Liverpool play that pushes them back into their own half, it's very difficult to get out, even if you have one or two pacey players there. So I think that'll play into our hands. As you said, the aging team will play into our hands. And it's hard to know, you know, how we approach that one. Dave mentions, you know, will approaches be different away from home in the first legs? Now I'm sure they will be over the course of time. Whether Klopp changes anything or whether he keeps that sort of dogmatic philosophy of what we do away in Europe, I'm not sure. You know, away in Europe, quietly under Klopp, we haven't really been that good. Um, I remember even that Europa League run we go on when he comes in, we're pretty dogged away uh, at times. I remember like draws, draws at Augsburg, and I think the season we win the Champions League or get to the final, we, we lose all three of our away home games. Sorry, our away games. Uh, and qualifying nine points. Away home games. <laughs> no, fuck up. Um, <laughs> um, the, the one that sticks, the one that sticks out is the Baron one, and that's yeah. we, and that and that is when actually it's one of those rare occasions that we find where we're we're away second leg and we actually have to go and get a result and we mm. do it. Yeah, it's it's definitely not it's definitely not like a a unanimous sort of of thing. You know, a couple of couple of good results in in Porto. Obviously, we win at Man City, but from what I'm saying, it's you know I think he he's happy to be more conservative in away in Europe, obviously because of what he knows is coming or has come before at Anfield. So I, I I don't mean that as as a criticism in any way whatsoever. Obviously, I don't. We've got to the final two years in a row, won at one year, got to the Europa League final in another year. Um, what I'm saying is, you know, if if he is happy to go there and sort of take a a nil nil, or if it becomes the type of game where we're not getting that many chances. Are we happy to shut up shop and um, and sort of make it a little bit of a 50-50 game and nothing really happens? Quite possibly, but at the same time, if, we, if you tell you know if you were to tell me we go there and win three nil or three one, that wouldn't shock me either. Okay, so Dave, this is the one you want to win. Bayern 
Um, I'm all Champions League as well, which is why we're talking about it, you know. But the, the people are talking about a Bayern Liverpool final is the final everybody wants to see. I don't think. I don't think Fuck, Bayern. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't think Bayern are all that this year. I'd be more worried about drawing City, to be honest with you. Um, but who do you think? Who do you think is the? Is there one team that you feel could stop us from winning it? Dave, any look a red card, a wrong decision, every you know, it's, it's, it's knockout, sudden death football. A lot, a lot of things can happen. City, City, obviously are are, are the 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 one you'd worry about most of all. But do you worry about them? You know, I've, I've I've talked to people recently and they go, oh, but they're going to have to win it sometime. Well, they may do it, but not while we're in our pump. Very, very sorry, not not, not happening on this this particular watch. Um, I don't think they're good enough. They're good enough to win it. I don't think they've got the how would we put it. I don't think all. It's not like a perfect storm like Liverpool. They have a stadium that that just that just fucking explodes. And and even you know I think it was I think it was Andy in the last pod the three of us did mentioned about you know say for instance we got them in the final and it wasn't over two legs like we're fucking out doing them ten to one for tickets it's going to be a home tie and and and, and it's something that Andy said to me and I, and I kind of scoffed at it the last time I'm like, no 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 but you see the more they've thought about it since then it's actually true and that's why that's why I don't think City are the are the ones that we worry about. Bayern Munich, I haven't watched enough, Dave, to know, but historically they're the ones that you don't want to get in the way of. Um, so, so I get that. Um, but, but really, you know, look, any team can get lucky. Any team, far can fuck us. A red card can fuck us. There's, there, there's a number of things that key in. Three can fuck us. They're, 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 but, but on a pure footballing sense, to me, it's still Bayern Munich. Um, are, are the are, are the are the ones Bayern Munich and City are the ones you don't want. To come up against. I think we've got plenty in our locker, especially in Europe, especially in Europe, uh, to, to, to deal with it. And and I think what this season presents to us in the Champions League is a wonderful opportunity for number seven. It really does present a, a wonderful opportunity for number seven. And look, we all know we we sit here as fans and we talk about the importance of winning the league, and there's there's no understating that. But I've all like you know. I've seen us win loads and loads of leagues. There's just nothing like us left in the European Cup. And I know that goes against the grain, especially the local Liverpool lads and whatnot. Uh, you know, I know it goes against the grain to say that, but for, for me, this is, a, this is a special competition. And we're special in this competition. Yeah, um, we have a special we, relationship with it, Dave. And we something about, we, we, we do. The title is won over a consecutive 38 games. And it doesn't necessarily give you... The moments you'll get one or two throughout the season, but generally, if you win a title, there is a sense of inevitability about it. Whereas, Dave, for me, like Liverpool Football Club came onto my radar, I fell in love with Liverpool Football Club because of Europe, not because of what they did in the league. The Sandetian game was was probably the first ever game that I sat down and watched in its entirety and got bought into. You know, as a kid, you do that. I mean, after that, Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. And, and, if, you and, talk and, about, and, if you talk about Klopp's big moments, if after Klopp leaves, when you all of the big moments, the favourite moments that you will talk about, they're all either Champions League or Europa League. You get a few, few league games thrown in there: the, the United game, the Villa game, the, the the couple of City games. But by and large, it's it's all European football. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's your uh, look. We may not want to admit it. You ask Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Virgil Van Dijk, what's more important to them? And, and you know, I know this is this, this is thorny ground that I'm standing on, stony ground. You, you know what I mean? That, that, Mo Salah wants to win the Champions League because that's where the most public. That's where his brand, his you know, who he is. If he's lifting that's a what, European that's cup, that's what gets that's what gets him work yeah, of the year. Exactly. It's not winning the fucking Premier League. And, and you know, look, with the globalisation of football, the popularity of football and the way it's gone over, over the last two decades, David, it's, it's been a one-way space between this fucking, it's like a damn busting globally football. And, you know, the accessibility of it, the ease of watching it. You know, we, we, you know, we hear about fans around the world crawling out of bed at four in the morning, three in the morning to watch games and whatnot. It's, it's taken off in a way, that, you know, the, the parameters didn't exist 20 years ago that, that exist now and the, te- the amount of televised football and so on. Whether we like it or not, the Champions League is the... It's bigger than the World Cup. It is the tournament. And that's what we need to be winning. Yeah, so just to finish this off then, Andy, pick me an 11 for Inter Milan away. Um, Alison, Trent, Virgil, Matip, Robertson... Right, that's the easy bit. For me, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That was what I was pretending to think about it, so I could think about <laughs> what's to come. Um, for being you, Thiago, um, let me think about the In other fact, one. Sorry, that's the easy bit. <laughs> yeah, I regret rattling through that. In half a second, at uh, Salah. I know I've missed out a midfielder. I'll come back to it. Salah. Oh, does he play Diaz? Salah Jota definitely. So then it's between Mane, Firmino, and Diaz, and it's between Elliot Henderson for me. Um, I think he's. I think he's gonna play. Is he going to throw Harvey Elliott in? Yes, he is. He's going to play Elliott. And he's going to play... um, Who do we have? He plays Norwich at the weekend, so he played Diaz there. And he'll go Firmino, Jada, Salah. Well, Jada, Firmino, Salah, rather. Okay. All right. Um, If Jada's not playing through the middle, from the left-hand side is where I prefer. I don't like him out the right. Um... So I can get on board with that. I don't agree, but I'll get on board with that. Dave, what's your 11? Uh, the back four, goalkeeper, as is. Um, Fabinho, Thiago. And I have a feeling Harvey Elliott starts. I'm, I'm with Andy on this one. I think because we didn't see Elliott today, I think he might, maybe only 60 minutes or whatever, but I think he starts. Um, he, look, what we saw of him when he, when he came back there, the kid's electric. He's just what we need in Europe. And, and for that reason, I think that that Jurgen throws throws the dice in this one and gives him a chance, and and hopefully so. As for the front three, um, I I go Mane, Salah, Jota, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Firmino, because it's what he does. <laughs> okay, so I think I don't think there's any world in which Jordan Henderson doesn't start this match alongside Thiago and Firmino. Well, I wish somebody would find that fucking world because. Well. <laughs> It's not. It's, 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 um, that's no. That that's no slide on Henderson. That's just where we are at the minute. We're in a full yeah. bill of health. There's better people for the position. I know. I know he brings the experience, Dave. I know all the. I know all the the qualities that you're going to roll out to me and so on. I'm not, not going to. I'm, I'm actually not. What I was going to say was I. I 
and I think his form would dictate that maybe yeah. he shouldn't start at the minute. But the fact yeah. remains is that he's the club captain. It's not even that. This is this is these are the games where Klopp wants his generals, where Klopp wants his his, his leaders on the pitch, and you know. But Dave, are we not in a position now where, yes, he's been a great general. We need some more generals. These generals are getting fucking old. We need new generals. You, you picked up on you picked up on this earlier in the pod when you're talking about you know, buying to replace. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down the line, I look honestly. I think Jordan Henderson. I think the plan here is, and maybe you know. We, we look at the end of Henderson's contract because I think he finishes this contract with us. I really do. But I think Henderson is going to slip in. I think Milner finishes this season. And I think Henderson assumes the Milner role. He's the influence in the dressing room. He's the, you, you know, the ex-leader. He takes the, the vice captaincy. You know, he'll be captain when, when whoever I imagine is Van Dyke. Um, you know, I can I can honestly see that happening in the close season because I think this is the end for Milner this season, and and he's been fucking fantastic in the time. I I, I complain bitterly about that, and I hope that when Henderson's contract's up, that I have a similar feeling about Henderson as I do at the moment about Milner. That he's he's you know it's not for what he's doing on the pitch as much as what he's doing around the club and what he's bringing to the club, and and maybe that's why that that contract was given, but at the moment in a playing sense. No, no thanks. Okay, all right then. So, Dad, thanks for joining me. Until next time, up the skill on forefront trades. <laughs>